Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hi everyone, it's Ken. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Shruti Kalsi. Shruti is a cybersecurity director. She works in the merger and acquisition space. She helps organizations save millions of dollars during M&A transactions through cybersecurity. Specifically, she works with the C-suite to advise on cybersecurity best practices and value creation. And she has extensively worked in vulnerability management, penetration testing, risk management, and governance, as well as experience conducting due diligence. Shruti holds a master's degree in computer science, as well as multiple industry certifications, and she's also a volunteer for multiple cybersecurity organizations. So as you might have guessed in today's episode, we're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions and kind of shedding some light into another area of cybersecurity that you can potentially find a job. So without further ado, let's jump right in and talk with Shruti. So thanks again for coming on the show, uh, Shruti. I really appreciate it. Uh, for the audience, we're going to be talking a little bit about mergers and acquisitions and cybersecurity. So we're blending all the things together in a yummy meal. So for those out there that have no clue, really, they maybe heard the term merger and acquisition, but they don't really know what it is. So Shruti, do you mind just giving us a high-level overview of, of what is M&A? Sure, Ken. So M&A or mergers and acquisitions in a very simple term could be th thought of, of uh, uh, like a consolidation of two or more legally separated companies. So it's a, it's a purely business transaction where one company strategically plans to either acquire or merge to a separate company. And amongst many, some of the goals, like why companies enter into mergers and acquisition, what they are thinking, like what they're planning. So most of the companies are looking for growth. They're looking for diversification or onboarding a new, completely new portfolio to their companies or just looking for economies of scale and, you know, uh, looking out for having a footprint into a new geography or just bigger companies are trying to meet away their smaller competitions. Another term which doesn't, which is usually not included in mergers and acquisition is a divestiture, which is basically a carve out or a spin-off from the parent company. So it's usually mergers, acquisitions and divestitures. So Shruti, what role does cybersecurity actually play in the context of mergers and acquisitions and what sets it apart from like other aspects of the M&A process that you work on? So again, cybersecurity is still very new and niche in the M&A market. But what we have seen is companies are now understanding how cybersecurity risk can devalue the cyber of the, the transaction completely. For example, an initial cybersecurity due diligence can help uncover and convey the risk of you, that you're, a company is just not acquiring another company legally or physically, it is also acquiring their risks. So, uh, you know, let me give you an example there. So for example, company A is all set to acquire another company. And within a month of acquisition, there is a data breach. And because the transaction never focused on any kind of evaluation uh, revolving around the cybersecurity maturity and hygiene of the company getting acquired, and now since company A is the legal owner of that you know, acquired company, all the impacts of the data breach, whether it's financial or reputational, has to be borne by company A. And that is what exactly happened back in 2016 or 2017 
when Marriott acquired Starwood uh, chain of hotels and Starwood was all, already undergoing a cyber attack, which Marriott never uncovered during the transaction. And as a result, after the acquisition, post-acquisition, Marriott had to pay around 20 or $23 billion in financial penalties because there was a massive, massive data breach of around 500 million PIIs of the Starwood hotel users or guests. So a lot of people think of cybersecurity as really a, a cost center, like, okay, we've, this is a necessary expense we've got to go through. But can you share some examples of how cybersecurity can actually create value for organizations and specifically in the context of mergers and acquisitions? Yes. So as you uh, rightly mentioned that cybersecurity, most of the companies are seen as a cost center because it doesn't generate any revenue. Only the only exception to this is the companies who are actually cybersecurity companies. They have cybersecurity services or products that generate a revenue for them. But for most of the other companies, uh, it, it is a cost center. And the way these companies can can have cyber as a revenue generating component is by 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 following or complying with the regulations or the compliances that comes along with cybersecurity. For example, being compliant to PCI, or if you have a product, having a SOC report, a SOC type one, type two, or type three reports, uh, you know, done on that, or 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 if you're if you're serving the federal government, having CMMC or certifications like FedRAMP if you're in cloud, uh, you know, achieving those kind of certifications, what they do is they generate trust for your company in the marketplace. And when other companies or other stakeholders or executive see you as a trusted brand, they, they want to do business with you. And that's how cybersecurity helps company become, you know, it, it becomes a component where company can generate revenue out of that cyber component. So from your experience, Shruti, how does the C-suite, so CEO, CFO, et cetera, how do they typically view and prioritize cybersecurity within their particular organizations? A lot of companies today, they acknowledge the concerns around cybersecurity. They even acknowledge the need to secure their companies. They, they understand what would happen if they do not do that. But what I've seen in my experience is that cybersecurity conversations on a board level are still far off things. And the main reason for that is that most of the companies, if not all, they utilize the board meetings as a platform to, to, to make strategic decisions for their companies. And they and the most of the executives, they do not realize that cybersecurity has the potential to impact those strategic discussions. So one of the things that executives, they, they need to start having conversations is, what is my exposure? What is my company's exposure? What is the attack surface? Do we have capabilities in place to detect attacks or do we have a plan of action to contain those attacks? Secondly, companies have to keep abreast with the new regulations and compliances that are changing rapidly or they're getting introduced. A lot of these uh, compliances are geography-based. A lot of these compliances are industry-based, for example, HIPAA in healthcare. One of the examples I can give you is uh, a, few a few weeks back, the new uh, Security and Exchange Commission regulations that have come into play, wherein uh, companies need to report their cybersecurity incidents to SEC. So these two things 
have a potential to gravely impact an organization financially. And that is the reason why executives need to you know, think about their cybersecurity KPIs now on a board level. So if I'm a senior leader at one of these organizations and let's say I'm we're, we're going to be acquired as an organization, I kind of have some insight into that. Are there specific like best practices or, or specific strategies you would recommend that I that I at least consider for my organization to make sure that the cybersecurity efforts we're doing are actually aligned with the the objective of the of the MA that's you know obviously imminent? Yeah, sure. Of course, uh, that would also uh, differ uh, from a strategy perspective from transaction to transaction because every company is different, every industry is different. But some of the generic things that we focus on uh, uh, while, while we are in a transaction, the very first thing that comes to my mind is access management. Now, you imagine a situation where there is a company which got acquired and it's the first day of working. And the people who got acquired along with the company, they do not have the proper access set up for their day-to-day function. That would mean a business loss, a one-day loss in a business, and that basically transforms into a financial loss. So access management is something that needs to be set up in a correct way when we talk about transactions so that you know, people have right access and appropriate access. To their, to their resources, which they require in their day-to-day function. Second area is incident response. And incident response is also very important while the companies are in the process of transaction. Now, there is a lot of uh, changes in the legal ownership on who acquires who and, you know, like who now becomes the boss or now becomes the legal ownership or legal owner of, you know, a lot of functions that are in a company. So there needs to be a plan in place that if during the transaction there is an incident, you know, happening, like what is the correct escalation path? There are a lot, there is a lot of overhaul that goes uh, during a transaction. A lot of people lose their job. There is a lot of change in the roles and responsibilities. And therefore, incident management is something that needs to be thought in, 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 in the process very early, that who going on is going to be responsible for a certain, you know, uh, escalation path probably during uh, in the incident response plans. And I guess lastly, it could be uh, data security when uh, when there is a lot of data migration that is happening. Now, what happens is as soon as uh, a deal is announced or a transaction is announced that company X is going to acquire company Y, it attracts a lot of uh, attention from hackers or adversaries because everybody realizes how complex these transactions could be. So there, there needs to be, uh, there, there is a requirement to protect the data that is going to be migrated from company X to Y or vice versa. And that's why data security and the means to protect that data uh, becomes very important. So if I'm a senior leader, so a CISO out there or other senior security leader, how, how do I effectively convey that, hey, this cybersecurity stuff, these cybersecurity initiatives we're working on, these can be revenue generating for the organization? Like how how do like how does that how do I approach that conversation with the CEO, the CFO, or other leaders? Now, this is actually a very interesting question, and it could be one of the easiest questions or one of the you know most toughest question at the same time. Now, easy, because 
the executives understand when you tell them about the financial impacts. They understand whenever there is an impact on the revenue or on the dollar value, uh, whatever it is from a company's perspective, what they're earning or what they, you know, their uh, market positioning is. If there is an impact on that, the executive at the board level, they understand it very quickly. The problem is with the cybersecurity people because more, most of these people are hardcore techies. And hardcore techies, in my, in my experience, I've seen that they're not very good at uh, conveying the business impact to the board people. So they're very good at explaining the technicalities. For example, there is this vulnerability, which is very critical. And, you know, this is the vulnerability all about. This is how it is going to impact. And, you know, this is how it gets executed. And this is how we mitigate this vulnerability or control it. They're very good at explaining these things. But if I, as a CFO or a CEO, ask them, like, fine, how does it impact me? Or why should I worry about this vulnerability at all? They're not going to be, you know, very good at explaining like why. They're not very good at explaining the why part. And that's why that's where it becomes very tough to make or convey these things to the to the board or the C-suite executive. Now, in my opinion, the way a vulnerability is critical, and everybody understands a critical vulnerability is critical for some reason, but the way to make business people understand it is to articulate, articulate the problem in a way that this is the vulnerability, which is in a server, let's say this XNX server, which holds some 500 million PII of our customers or users. And if someone is able to execute that vulnerability, we're gonna have a data breach that's gonna impact, impact 500 million users. And you know this and this compliance or regulation comes into play and we could, be having a couple of millions in the financial penalties. And now if you say or convey the message like this, everybody at the board level understands because you're now telling them that there could be a financial impact. And that's the way I think this needs to be articulated or understood on when you say there is a gap between the technical aspects and the board or business aspects. And you know that's the way to lessen the gap and help the board to understand what exactly is the cybersecurity concern in the company. So Shruti, are there any emerging trends in the cybersecurity world that you think are going to be particularly relevant for merger and acquisitions? Yes. The very first trend that I'm looking at is zero trust. Now, zero trust works in a very simple fundamental that no one, whether it's inside of the company or outside of the company, is trusted by default. It's kind of an added layer that a lot of companies are adopting to prevent breaches. And I believe that zero trust is very important, not only from a, a security of the company perspective, but from a transaction perspective, because it's kind of helps secure the overall transaction as well. Uh, secondly, I think moving towards AI, artificial intelligence, because, because attacks are getting complex day by day. You know, they're, 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 the, the algorithm and the programming that goes behind these attacks is way more complex than it used to be probably five years or seven years down the line. So AI and ML programs, you know, uh, in these new edge, new cutting edge uh, detection and monitoring tools can help these programs self-learn and execute on the attack payload in a much, much better way than 
you know, just outsourcing those things, uh, those uh, attack surfaces or outsourcing these capabilities to manual FTEs and then just asking them to have, uh, you know, monitor them manually. So I guess adopting AI and ML in the in these uh, new cutting edge tools is definitely an emerging trend in cybersecurity. Shruti, any final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with the audience around mergers and acquisitions? Yes, the final thought would be just to have cybersecurity early on in a transaction because, again, it has a impact, a grave impact, if not done in a proper manner or if not evaluated early on, it can it can impact the deal uh, really greatly. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot T-V.